Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome, welcome to our worship service here at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, here on this Martin Luther King weekend. So glad that you have joined us for worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Some reminders for what's going on this week. Something's happening with Koku this week. We have a program. It's starting this Tuesday. It's over at uh, the Thousand Oaks campus. You know, it starts with 530 uh, Eats, and then we get into program. And on that slide, you can see that what Christy's helping to lead us through is to look at the process of transformation in our lives and how... Uh, Beauty in the Beat. Oh, you're going to say something to make it? Yeah, go ahead. Y'all, it is based on the movie, both the 1991 version and the 2000-something version. Oh, I'm coming then. It's based on both versions? It's on both versions. But what I was going to say is if you are interested in coming or hearing more or even picking up Mary's book, go ahead and watch the movies before Tuesday so you kind of have an idea. I will be showing clips, but it's always good to come in with a little more. Yes. All right. Today is Mana drop-off, am I right? Um, rain or shine, you're going to be out there to collect stuff for Mana. It starts at 3. Oh, Wayne will be out there, not you. <laughs> How does it turn into a male thing? Because it's raining. Huh? I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> also, um, Wes, greetings to you. Hello, hello, hello. Um, Ken, would you go back and just... Stand up just for a second. I want to embarrass the two of them. Claudia and Greg are, are transferring into the church uh, from Simi Valley. So we want to just welcome you. Thank you so much. We want to just welcome you. Welcome into the family, into the fellowship. We look forward to, uh, to great things. And uh, don't worry, we won't bring a camera on you again, ever again. <laughs> Relax. Um, but I, I just wanted anybody who was not visit, uh, with us in person to be able to see who you are. You'll want to spend some time uh, to get to know them as, uh, as the weeks and months pass. And, and we look forward to how the, how the church is coming back to life after the pandemic and after changes we've gone through. And we're slowly growing and we will continue to make a witness to Christ, to God and to the power of love in our community as we go forward. So, how about we just take a breath, take a pause, center ourselves, and begin worship. Oh, be ye joyful, be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. to worship, and then remain standing for the hymn and invocation. Hear the beckoning of our Lord to come and follow. With God's help, we respond and proceed to follow faithfully. May this worship service further equip you for this journey. Let us look forward to spirit and truth, living to God's will. 
pray. O holy God, be present in our worship this day. Touch us with your spirit and call us to attention. Heal our hurts and lighten our burdens and empower us for lives of discipleship. In your son's name, amen. since I've been here in person. Maybe. You guys get to see me every Sunday, but I don't get to see you guys. It's not as fun. So guess what you guys are learning in Sunday school today? Hmm. I bet disciples are in there somewhere. But I like that answer. You guys want to know a secret, though? It's really not what I was going to say, but anytime somebody asks you what you're learning about in church or in Sunday school, just go, Jesus, you sound really, really super smart, and you don't necessarily have to know what they're talking about. Jesus is always the answer, right? So you guys are learning about the parable of the two houses. So one of the houses, they said, was built upon the sand, and I am going to keep this one really careful because I don't want to get in trouble for its filling. But look at this sand right here. It's soft and it's fine. And I can picture like they put it on and then there might be a little earthquake. And what would happen to the house? Yeah. And if it's on the sand, it might by the beach. And all of a sudden a wave will roll in. And it would look like that, right? Why would anybody want to build their house upon the sand? But then they started to talk. I'm going to sit that careful about the other man, and he built his house upon the rocks. rocks. Why do you think he'd do that? Because, um, maybe because he didn't want his house falling down. He wanted his house to not fall down. So can I put a different word in there? How about he wanted a strong foundation? Would that work? Let me tell you, this rock is heavy. I dropped it on my toe earlier. So that would be a pretty strong foundation, right? And then I have the honor of being liturgist today. And as I was reading through the scripture, guess what was in the scripture? Talk about the foundation of a rock. And it is also when Jesus said to Peter, one of the disciples, (laughs) that's right, high five, upon this rock, you, Peter, I will build my church. So what I have as a challenge for you today before you go to Sunday school is are you going to choose to build your life in the sand where things can get rough and get covered and just maybe kind of be a little messy? And I'm not saying on the rock it's always going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be as messy as the sand, but it's a firm foundation. That means it's strong and you can build on it. Yeah. What do you guys think? So my challenge for you guys, and you guys can pick out your own, is to take this rock. I'll hold it so you guys can see. It is a church rock. What is on that? A cross, cross, which represents? 
Jesus. So if you build your life on Jesus, you may not have smooth sailing, but it's gonna be a lot easier than being washed away with the sand, right? So that's what my hope is for you. I'm gonna send this with Miss Pam and you guys can pick out the rock that you want. And anybody else that needs a rock, maybe after church, there's rocks for you. But let us pray really quick. You guys gonna pray after me today? You wanna hold hands? All right. Dear God, thank you for the rock. Thank you for giving us a place to build our lives. Help us to lead others to your rock. We ask this in Jesus' name. All good children say amen. All right. Oh my goodness, there is. There's a heart on our rock. I think that there's some love in the room. What do you think? Could you carry this for me? All right, guys, go off to class. God, we draw close to your spirit in this time of prayer. We are thankful for your place in our lives, your intimacy with us. We are thankful that we are awake to that and that we can respond to that. Make yourself known to us as we go to you in prayer. We would pray for our world. We would pray for their places around in our human community in which people are just struggling to live due to wars or oppressions, due to famines or floods. We think of the difficulties that so many people have in making their way through the day. And we pray for them. We pray for our world. We pray for your healing and your peace to be upon us, for your good providence to be experienced. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. O 
We think this morning specifically of Polly Tattersall Martin's niece, Sandy DeLong, <clears throat> as she deals with her, her brain cancer. And we add her to our list of other souls who are, who are battling cancer, Kathy Drake, Sarah Pierce, Mike Tiabaldi. Help them to deal with the effects of their cancer and treatment. Help to lead them towards health. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think this morning of the Nodoff family. We think specifically of Bill as he goes through uh, this stage of life on hospice. We pray for his experiences of of love and caring from family and friends. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Barry Flack, who is in and out of the hospital with infections, O oh Lord, hear our care. We think of a, a number of our folk who are on the verge of uh, joint replacement surgeries. We pray that uh, Greg West and Janelle Sanders would, would be well as they await their procedure this week and that all would go well with them as they go through it. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we would pray for Barbara Ghosh, who has been dealing and on an ongoing way with a number of health concerns over the years and now is having the complication of coming out of COVID. We pray that your spirit would continue to guide her and surround her and help her to find uh, renewed health. We pray for all those giving her the best of attention. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We prayerfully now think of other people and situations as we lift up our private thoughts. And we give you thanks for the, the joys that are a part of our lives. And as a church family, we think about the great joy we had last night as so many of us gathered for a time of fellowship. We thank you that we are able to be again with one another in joy. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Strengthen this church of yours to do your work. May we be led by your spirit. May we be full of your love. May we be gracious and generous. We pray this in your son's holy name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
come in. That was beautiful. Thank you. Our scripture reading today comes from both the psalm and the gospel of John. First, hear these words from Psalm 41 through 11. I wait patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog, and he set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell them, tell of them, that they would be more than they can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And then I said, here I am. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your saving help with my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. And next from John 1, 35 to 42, please hear these words and rise as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated into teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which translated into Peter. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This time of Epiphany, we focus on catching on to Jesus being the Messiah of Christ. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. 
Last week we talked about uh, the gospel story of Jesus' baptism. The spirit descended as a dove and rest upon Jesus and a loud voice was heard uh, speaking out from heaven, this is my son, my beloved, <clears throat> with whom I am well pleased. John was witness to this, as, as you know, and, and he shared this experience. Now, this week in our gospel reading, Jesus passes by John on another occasion out on a street or on a hillside. We're not really sure where, but in view of John's disciples. And John points out to his disciples, points Jesus out and says, look, look, here is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And the two disciples turned from John to follow Jesus at that moment. Jesus responds to their interest in him and invites them to, to be with him, to, to hang around with him and to talk and to encounter one another. He says, come, come and see. So they respond and go off for the rest of the day with Jesus. And later that night, Andrew shares what, what he has discovered and learned of Jesus to his brother, Simon. Andrew says, we've, we found the Messiah, the anointed one. And so Simon goes off with Andrew to find Jesus. And Jesus welcomes Simon as he does whoever comes to him renames him, and I think in Scripture that's a, an indicator of us, for us, of how we take on a new identity when we draw into intimacy with God. So it's a, it's a pretty straightforward passage of Scripture, not too much confusing in that development. It clearly presents the process of epiphany, the coming to that aha moment, but particularly about God in Christ. Moments of epiphany are, are really marvelous. They're like, they're like times in which the cloud lifts or the, or the veil is, is pulled back and we see better. A light turns on so we now can discover things or, or we have a, a heavy weight that all of a sudden feels lifted from our hearts or from our spirit. Finally, we start catching on. And it starts to make sense. We understand and, and things seem to fall together. That's, that's what epiphany moments are, are all about. Such moments happen when we try to learn different subjects. Did any of you have an epiphany moment in high school physics? No? Well. Or, or when you were, were grappling with hidden or with difficult emotions or an attempt to, to take the measure of another person across the table or, or the bed. 
Those can be epiphany moments. One of our parishioners shared such a moment in a Facebook posting this last week. She wrote in that posting, I have now come to see, dot, dot, dot. I have now come to see. That's, that's the beginning of sharing an epiphany that you have experienced. Now, she was referring to her, her self-regard and assessing the negative messages that uh, through most of her lifetime had kind of been running around in her head, kind of ruling her day, and she'd finally come to the point of, I have now come to see how wrong those messages are, how destructive those things are, how I need not live my life in the light of these negative self-appraisals that were put upon me by other people against my will as I was growing up, you know? She had come to the place at this stage in her life to throw that off, to see that she wasn't really trapped by that and she need not be trapped by that. This example comes in a later in life experience, and, and so maybe some of us later in life can kind of uh, connect with this person's witness that we, we come to a place where all of a sudden we don't care what people think about how we dress. Have, have you gotten that epiphany yet? Are you old enough to finally have gotten to the place where you don't care whether people think you're looking good or not? You just want to be comfortable, and so you wear that T-shirt that's been around for 30 years. It's got holes in it. It's fraying, but it feels so good, and you got it when you're at the Grand Canyon, da, 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 all the reasons why you love it, and now you're wearing it out to the store. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Epiphanies. But you get those at younger ages, too. You can have those epiphanies at a, at a younger age. You're, you're all of a sudden um, doing that job that you thought you wanted to be doing, and you're getting more and more distracted, more and more uh, bothered by it, and all of a sudden it dawns on you that this is the job that your dad wanted you to do, but it's not the job that you want to do. And it dawns on you that if you would just give your dad a hug and a kiss and say, thanks for trying, but I really want to be this, all would be so much better. And that you actually could do that. Your dad, your dad would allow you to do that. Young people can have epiphanies too, just like us older folk. God is always working with us is what's fundamental here. God is always working with us and on us. And we can get better insight and grow and mature. So now, let me circle back with this idea, general idea of epiphany to religious epiphanies. 
because clearly this can happen in the area of religion of our faith and how we practice our faith, just as it can happen in how our self-regard is or what we do vocationally. We seek, we seek to be good people, we seek to be good people, and we realize that reaching that goal involves more than just the intention to be nice or fair, but it involves a, a spiritual connection, I would say, with a divine reality beyond us which affects us and can help us to gain that goal that we want in our life of being good, loving, just. We need to remember that faith is both, both a, a, a revelation, an epiphany, a revelation of something, and faith is reason, as the great theologians teach us. It requires moments of epiphany of, aha, God lives, or aha, through Jesus. It needs those epiphanies, but it also needs the times of solid thinking through well, what does that mean then to me as a white male or as this person or an accountant or a teacher or a politician? What does it mean to me, that aha? It takes solid thinking through and resolution. And that's what we're going to do these next few weeks. We're going we're to kind of be talking about this process of living into epiphany living into ahas in our lives. So our scripture today is pointing to just a very simple, very clear, very, very straightforward epiphany about Christ. It's good that we pay attention to it, though, because that's foundational to our faith orientation. So let's, let's just remind us that in this passage, there's the opportunity to connect to Christ that is pointed out, that opportunity to be connected is taken advantage of by the person, right? And that person experiences Jesus. And the insight is gained then from that experience and a transformation starts to occur. And part of that transformation is that that person then goes, hey, brother, sister, friend, pay attention to this. This is kind of interesting, this Jesus stuff. So recall, John the Baptist points to Jesus. To his side, hey, look, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. John is bearing witness, right? John is just not hanging back, doing his thing, getting people wet. He's bearing witness that there's Jesus. Hey, pay attention. Jesus, you've been hunting You've been hunting all along. There he is, the Lamb of God. And Andrew and this other disciple that we don't know at the time go, whoa, thanks, man. I'm going to follow him and find out what's going on. On your word, I'm going to go check this out. Andrew responds 
Jesus sees Andrew coming, and this is what we believe Jesus does all the time with everybody, Jesus goes, hey, welcome, come on in. Let's sit down, let's talk. How are things going in your life? Who are you? Tell me about you. What are your needs? Jesus welcomes the person. So they have this encounter of some kind, right? The person, as we trust happens when you connect to Jesus, appreciates that connection. It's a good thing in their lives. They, they start to feel a little bit different. Something's happened. Somebody knows them. Somebody accepts them. I don't know exactly all the qualities you might say, but that kind of stuff happens, right? And then he bears witness to somebody. Hey, you know what happened to me last night? I was over eating dinner with Jesus, and amid the olives and fig leaves and stuff like that that we were eating, we got to talking about stuff, and things really crystallized for me. You ought you to check out Jesus. You know, he's in Capernaum. He's over there in that house. Bears witness to his brother, and his brother goes, thanks, dude, I'm going to go. Or go with me, take me, let's go. Responds. The witness is made again. The invitation is extended again, and the person responds, right? It's a simple thing, isn't it, really? Do you hear a pattern that I'm trying to emphasize here? There's an invitation, and there's a response. There's a call and a response, a call and a response. Come to dinner. All right, I will. I'm coming. Call, response. The epiphany process is faith discernment, spiritual growth, gaining spiritual maturity through a lifetime. That can be characterized, if you think about it, as a very simple call and response process. We are presented with something and given the opportunity to respond to it. God works directly with us or God works through some emissary and puts something in our head, something on our heart, awakens us somehow, and we notice and we make some kind of response, engaging or disengaging. And Jesus doesn't lasso you. Jesus doesn't say, come with me or I'm going to break your knees. Invitation. Call. Response. Engage. Disregard. What will it be? So, your folks bring you to Sunday school, you little youngsters, you, right? Can you remember back? Or some of you who may be watching, your folks bring you to Sunday school, and you engage that material, or you horse around. 
And if you're horsing around, you remember none of it. And if you're engaging that material, something is established inside of you that just sits there. And all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a, a solid foundation to your young little life that's running around all over the place. Call and response. And so your folks say, hey, I want to have you go down the church for confirmation. You know, it's kind of what we do is, is, you know, it's a rite of passage. You know, I don't know. Can you do it? Let's do it. And, and so as the passive-aggressive teenager, you say yes. <laughs> and you say no. Or you say, yeah, 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 mom. That's a good idea. Let me do that because I have some questions about what I've been learning in Sunday school and I'd like to pursue that. Or you go, do I have to? Really? And you go, you engage it or you don't engage it, right? And you're either moving forward that faith or you're not moving forward that faith. And you're in college or you're in your first job or something and that that person across the uh, cooler or somewhere, I don't know, Starbucks at the bar or something, you see a potential mate for yourself and you're super attracted to that person and as you get to know that person, that person invites you to go to church. And you respond and you go, hey, you know, that's, I, I've not done that too much, but I, I see that it's very important to you. I'm going to do that. I'm open to that. I love you, and you wouldn't be encouraging me to do something that's not good for me, so I'm, I'm going to go. Thank you, thank you. And you engage, and you discover there's some marvelous things here that you've been missing out on. Or you go, ah, you know, that's your thing. That's your thing, honey. You, you do that. I'm going to stay home. And you disengage. The invitation has been extended to you, someone that loves you. And you engage it or you, you disengage, right? Moments of epiphany come to us throughout our lifetime. They're not just the big ahas. They can sometimes be little ahas. They can sometimes come very privately. You're sweating it out. It's a dark night of your soul. You've been feeling plagued by shame or guilt, or you've been feeling plagued by grief that just will not let you go, or you're being plagued by a sense of insecurity and uncertainty about what to do, and you're keeping it all inside yourself, and you're keeping it private, but you're having a terrible time. And for some I was going to say God-unknown reason, but I should say God-known reason, it dawns on you to think of God and prayer. And you mumble out some incoherent prayer plea. And that just opens a channel for you of sensing that God is there with you and you feel a comfort and you feel a strength and you respond to that and things change. Or 
as you're sweating it out, you're just convinced that you're no good and God doesn't exist. And if God existed, you would be unworthy to talk to God. And so you just keep fidgeting away your energy, your gifts, and your life. Call and response. God uses a moment or God uses a circumstance throughout our lifetime, multiple times, to call us out of where we are into something better. And we ignore it or we go, aha, oh my Lord, ah. And we respond to that invitation. Our scriptures could, uh, today, our scripture kind of fits into the category of epiphany that we'd call conversion, right? These guys are, are being converted out of their pattern, religious practice and pattern, into something new. Something that they don't really quite know yet, but there's such a power in this Jesus guy that they're giving themselves, giving themselves over to it. It's not always conversion, or they all are mini-conversions, depending on how you want to look at it. And we can think, I'm betting, not just of ourselves, where we kind of feel like we took the wrong path and then had some kind of awakening and got back onto the right path. We can probably think that about ourselves, but, you know, we can probably think that with a good sense of humility, we could probably think that about other people we love or that we know who are struggling, who, who may be on a wrong path. And they're just, they're just awaiting not your judgment, but your invitation. Come to church with me. See if that doesn't help. Or am I too bold in asking, do you want to pray? Should we pray over it? If you think that might help, I'll pray with you about it. You could say that. And now that Christie's here, you could say, there's a good pastor at the church. Can I refer you to Pastor Christie? She'll help you. Sometimes all it takes is an open heart and an invitation. Come and see. Okay. Okay, I will. On your word. On your elbow. I'll come and I'll see. The psalm passage is really kind of fun today. I have, I have told the glad news of deliverance to the great congregation. The psalmist is saying, you know, I haven't been silent about this stuff. You've been good to me, God. You've been blessing me. It's been a great experience for me. 
And you know what? I have not just sat under my fig tree and had a good time, but I have gone to my neighbors, I've gone out into the fields, and I've said to people at the street corners, God is great, God is good, open yourself up to God. It's a marvelous little passage. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have not just taken it for my own good. I have spoken of your faithfulness, God, and your salvation to those who would listen. Hmm. We want, I want these words to be true of us, about us, towards us from God, and about us towards others on behalf of God. So if, if you don't know the love of God deep in your soul, hear the invitation that's offered every Sunday in worship, the invitation for you just to privately be in prayer with God, and Jesus will touch your life. He will. Just hang in there. Be in prayer. It's not a fast food restaurant. You don't just zip up and get it. Sometimes the, the chef takes a while. Respond, be open, allow God's spirit to work. It will. And if you do know that loving, transformative power, don't be stingy with it. You know, don't hide it in your heart. Share it as a humble invitation to whoever may be wayward or whoever seems to be um, hurting. Find a way that's comfortable for you, comfortable for the other person, but that gives them a positive nudge. And again, you don't have to convince them of anything. You just need to invite them into the presence of the living God and trust that the Spirit of God will work. Aha! Is it that simple? Aha. Amen. invited as a response to coming and seeing so that we can bring more in to share of your financial resources be the instructions that will appear momentarily or quicker on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen throughout our congregation your generosity is needed to keep us going to keep us doing the good that we do so give generously and be a part of what happens in the people's lives throughout the congregation of UMCWV.
let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries in your Son's spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. today with that hymn in your heart and let it guide you in the living of these days. Let us work with the Spirit and one another to make this a blessed day and a blessed week. Go in peace to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. Amen. Amen.